the new channel. the new channel hashtag TNC now the views opinions and insights expressed in the following shows are those of the host producers guests and viewers they do not necessarily reflect the position of the channel viewer discretion is advised Welcome to the new channel, Born Out of Passion. We're a community that helps you be the new you. I'm Dr. Michelle Moross, streaming from the beautiful mountains of Colorado, USA. You're watching Mental Shift. Well, hello to the United States and to the Philippines. Magandang umaga sa inyong lahat. Now tonight, I titled this, Wow, It's Nine at Nine, because my guest, well, she runs that show, Nine at Nine, and that's where I really got to meet her. But she started her first business at the age of 10, generating more annual uh, revenue than her parents by the age of 12. And she earned her PhD from the Entrepreneurial School of Hard Knocks. She's a millionaire opportunity strategist that helps entrepreneurs, influencers, and leaders grow their business brands through media. She is a national talk show host, public speaker, television, film, documentary, executive producer, and the founder of NOW, N-O-W, Network of Outstanding Women. This woman is fueled by passion, powered beyond fear, and lets nothing block her path to success. Please welcome a lady who makes me look like I'm uh, standing still, Teresa Goss. We call her Tigo. Welcome. Hey, what's happening, Doc? I love it. I don't know what you're talking about standing still. Every time I watch your intros or any of your shows, I go, oh, I've got to get better. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing to do. I'm like, wow, this woman's everywhere. Okay. <laughs> so we're both calling each other something else, right? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> well, I, I met you the first time in Las Vegas and you, you were on a, um, a step and repeat and you were interviewing people as they were walking through the door. And I was a guest of a guest of a guest and I wasn't really there. So I'm like kind of walking around, but I watched you and I, I connected with you and said, we need to, we need to talk. And yeah. then 
a whole year later, you write me and invited me to go on nine at nine. Yeah. And that's where our relationship started because then we both realized we're both hyper and we both have big dreams and we both love to help other people move up. Right. Yeah. Even when they're terrified to do it, I'm just pushing them. Look, come on, let's go. I know you got <laughs> dreams. Let's go. <laughs> so I've been called. A, I've been called a mommy eagle. I said, "Why that? Why is that?" They do. Mommy eagles just kick their babies off the out, out the nest. Just kick them, and they have to. Oh, fly. So you get to call a, a mommy eagle. I get called a bear. It, there's something. I'm doing something wrong. We'll figure that out after the show. Okay. <laughs> well, welcome to Mental Shift, and I'm so glad you were able to join us. And I would love for the audience to hear more of your story. I mean, you started your first job at eight, you started one, and then at 12, you were making more revenue than your parents. So where were you and what mental shift happened in your life that brought you to who you are today? Because you are a mover and shaker and everything else, sir, that if someone's passed through your life, they've been enlightened and moving something huge. So where were you? And how did you get to where you are today? Well, you know, first I want to say thank you so much. It's an honor. It's a privilege to be here. You know, I don't get nervous much, but I did get nervous today. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, my goodness. You know, what you may not know is I was stationed in the Philippines. And the Philippines has been a part of my life since I was 18 years old. I had my 19th birthday in the Navy in the Philippines. My business partner, my brother, um, Alan is Filipino. My second set of parents are Filipino. Mom's probably watching right now because she called me for the link today. Oh. So we have probably have aunties and cousins watching too. So I thank you so much for bringing me on. You know, when I was eight years old, it was my eighth birthday. I'm born in November. My parent, my dad came home. And when I was in trouble, he called me by my name. And every other day he called me kid. So he comes in and he says, kid, get down here. So I go downstairs. And he says, I got the perfect birthday present for you. And I'm like, new bike, right? And he says, I'm cutting off your allowance. Huh? Wow, dad, can't wait for nine. Where are you going? You know? And he says, my parents were older um, when they, they were in their 40s. Right now, that doesn't sound old. But in the 60s, being labor workers, adopting a six-month-old that later on they found out had a genius IQ is a little rough to say the least. And they adopted me when they were 43 and 44 years old. And they were terrified because they worked so hard that I wouldn't, they wouldn't be here when I turned 18. And my father was afraid I'd end up back in the system. So he said, I, I'm determined to make sure you understand how to take care of yourself, how to feed yourself, what money is, blah, blah, blah. So he decided at eight years old on my birthday, I was getting a job. Uh-huh. Okay. What is this job? You're going to do a paper route. Well, let's think about that. Because we won't let me go further than the house across the street, <laughs> two houses on either side. This is about to be the smallest paper route in human history. Because, see, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. And back then, it really did take a village. I was born in Gary, Indiana. My dad actually carpooled with Joe Jackson to the steel mill every day back in the 50s and the 60s. So, you know, I didn't, I wasn't allowed to just run all over the place. And I said, how are we going to do this? He said, oh, I'm off on the weekends. You're going to do a weekend route. I'm going to follow you with the car. Aww. I said, okay, that's not going to last long. And it didn't. 
It lasted about two weeks. And then I said, oh, no, this isn't working. We're going to figure out something else. So we're standing in the butcher shop. Yep. Back then they're starting to come back now. But back then you went to a special shop to get meat. And we're standing in the butcher shop. And my dad sees this big roll of brown paper in the back. And he asks the young man, he says, young man, can I get a piece of that about yay big? Guy says, sure. Tears it up. Folds it down, puts it in his pocket. He gets home, tells me to go get his, go get my crayons. Okay. He starts writing down all of my chores and then he puts a dollar amount next to it. And he said, this is your job. You want $5 on the weekend? You got to do $5 worth of work. And me or your mother has to sign off on it two days before I get paid. And then you'll get paid when I get paid. I'm like, well, that sounds fair. Okay. I can do that. So I did that all the way through high school till I left for the Navy. I was doing chores with an invoice with my parents. Well, about 10 years old, I'm sitting on the front step of my house. And back then when the ice cream truck, it's the summer, when the ice cream truck comes running down the street, what did the kids do? We were like Pavlov's dogs. We would run after the truck. <laughs> and before, you know, this is before COVID and all this other stuff. So the kids that had the money to buy, the other kids that didn't were begging for bites and licks. Just give me a little bit. I, I just take the bottom. Just give me the stick. Right. And I'm like, hmm. So I said, hey, kid, when do you get your allowance? And he said, Friday. I'm like, okay, here's the deal. I'll loan you the 25 cents for your bomb pop. Come Friday, you owe me 30 cents. Uh -huh. Bring me the 30 cents. Then Big Mike, who lived next door, he was the only kid in our neighborhood. His parents worked at night. So he could be out after the lights were on. Big Mike's coming to your house. He was big. He wasn't older. He was actually younger than me to collect. And I was split the commission with the, the interest with Big Mike. So that's how I started my loan business. I guess you kind of say I was a loan shark. True story, right? So I was sitting here going, okay, that works. Now we're starting to make this money. Well, then kids in the neighborhood are kind of giving me a hard time because I'm making money and they're not. And then I thought about it. Well, I could hire them and we could do jobs, you know, rake leaves, walk dogs, whatever it is that they want to do. Right. So I put up a little sign in the neighborhood. Mind you, my parents knew nothing of this until I was in my late 30s. Oh, I because my parents didn't want me working whatsoever. So they never understood why their phone would ring off the hook around five o'clock. But yeah, so I got friends and neighbors and stuff. Here's the jobs. Go. And I did that until I graduated high school. Actually, I did that until I was stationed in the Philippines and the CEO called me to her office because I got a box of checks. And she said, what is this? And I said, well, I do loans because I got into round 14. I heard about, you know, uh, compound interest. I didn't know what it was. So I went to the library and asked the librarian and she was like, and sent me and I figured it out. And I'm like, wait a minute, they don't have to pay me back this thing called the principal. I can just charge them interest and let it revolt. Oh, I'm in. Okay. Oh my gosh. So this is how I got started. And I had kids working for me in my neighborhood at my school, doing odd jobs and stuff until I left, until the Navy said my, C my CO, my, my captain, called me in her office and said, uh-uh, you cannot be getting checks from overseas <laughs> when you're in the Philippines. 
you're property of the U.S. Navy. It sounds like you're trying to be sold, though you're selling secrets or something. Knock this off. So that's when I stopped that business. But that's how I got started. That's that how I started. Awesome. That is an amazing story. I mean, that's <laughs> some high tech teenage uh, conspiracy of money. You were like a mob boss. You didn't even know it. <laughs> So you were, you were stationed at Subic Bay. Yeah, I was stationed at Subic Bay. Ah, I sure was. I was stationed at Subic Bay. I was the brilliant. For the pretty stuff. When we wanted America, we would go to Subic. Ah, okay. Yeah, I was stationed there. I got stationed there in 1982. Um, and I didn't even know what the Philippines was. Mm -hmm. I got called in boot camp and we're actually my first school. They called me up into the office and said, your orders have been changed because I was supposed to go to Hawaii. And I said, okay. And they said, you're going to the Philippines. Well, I thought it was a ship. And they were like, did you go to public school? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so he showed me on a map with a little pointer and showed me this island. And the pointer was bigger than the island on the map. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going there. That's not going to happen. What are you talking about? He said, oh, you're going. And I was the second African-American female to be stationed in the Philippines ever. And the first one got off one step in front of me. She literally came in on the same. So I spent a whole lot of time there. Um, and people ask me what I was, you know, because I'm a light skinned African-American female. So they, what are you? And they would laugh at me when I would tell them that I'm African-American. They're like, no, he's African-American. Yeah, you're very light. You, I mean, yeah, yeah. He's African American, and they would tell me, "You don't know what you, who you are or what you are." And that used to crack me up. But I, I lived there. I loved it. That was home for me. Yeah, you know. Actually, I want to go back. If this COVID thing would ever go away, you know? my whole family's going back in December. Woo! Yeah. Lots of boxes and lots of gifts, right? Not necessarily. <laughs> Most of my family lives in the States now. I have like, I have an aunt and an uncle and a couple of cousins that still live just outside of Metro Manila. But a lot of us have come to the, come to the States already. But uh, no, I, I, we, we will go back just because I love, it's home. Yeah. 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 And I when back when I was stationed there. anymore, but it's still. <laughs> it's all, you know, I used to love when we were stationed there, there were no tubs on the, on the base and you didn't have tubs when you rented houses out in town in Subic. So we would go to Manila just to rent a hotel room so we'd have a tub. That was it. You know, we're going to go to Manila, to, you know, so we can take baths. Now that I'm older, it's like, yeah, that was a really weird reason to go. It's what we do. Well, and it's I, what we did. I grew up at, uh, at uh, Clark. So we were the mega base out there and yeah, five different base entrances and all a bazillion people there. I mean, that was a big base, but we would go to Subic for, because you had, Subic had American candy. We would go all the way yeah. to Subic for salt water taffy and things like that. And soda, soda that we didn't get, you know, it's just weird things we used to go for. That's really neat. I did not know that you were at, at stationed at Subic. I left I was. Philippines in 84. So we just I left at the end of 83. I was there a little over almost two years. And I went in as a non-designated seaman because, you know, I listened to the recruiter. That's a whole nother story. But I ended up being a boat coxswain and an engineman on eight boats and six boats in the Philippines. And, you know, I it was the most amazing experience I could have ever had. It, you know, I always tell everybody the Philippines changed my life. 
you know, it definitely changed my life. And when I go back to, because I spent a lot of time in Hong Kong in the recent years. And when I go back there, I just feel like I'm home. When I'm in an Asian country, I feel like I'm home. Well, in the Philippines, everyone's family. I mean, we would bring you in. Right. No what? Yeah. Right. That's awesome. So we have something <laughs> else in common. There so, it is. So you had this uh, rough and tumble uh, money, money laundering. <laughs> It's not yeah. money laundering. <laughs> I, just, I might have been I'm a little bit of a loan shark, but <laughs> imagine the twelve-year-old you sitting in a big chair with Big Mike standing next to you, doing, "Do you have my money?" <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you something funny that wasn't funny at the time. My mother was an absolute clean freak, rest her soul. And I mean, people would kid me all the time about you could eat off our floors at any time because growing up as a sharecropper. You know, having a really clean house wasn't really possible on the farm. Yes. So that became what she wanted. So one day I come home and my mother's in my closet. And see, I had taken all my shoe boxes and separated my money. So it was ones, fives, tens, twenties, fifties, hundreds. Okay. And I put a, a um, pillowcase over it. And then I set the shoes on top. Well, to my mother, that was that made no sense. If the shoes are not in the box, then why are the boxes still here? So she was ready to throw. She was just reaching in to throw the boxes out. And I was like, wait a minute. If the room is clean, you said if my room stayed clean, I could do whatever I wanted with it, right? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, it's clean. And she's like, well, those boxes still don't make any sense. Well, there was about $30,000 in those boxes. <laughs> Yeah, that was my my childhood, my my young childhood. That that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine collecting that kind of money as a kid. Oh, okay. I never spent it. I'm I'm still like that, you know. I I spend when I need to, but you know, my dad taught me you take care of your stuff, your stuff will take care of you. So I have things that I've had for 30 years that I still use. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. My husband and I yeah. will use something until it breaks, then we'll fix it. <laughs> there it is. But I there it is because of that. That you you said your mother was a sharecropper. Your father worked at the st steel mill. My parents grew up as sharecroppers. Oh. Um, my dad was a sharecropper in Mississippi. Okay. My mom was a sharecropper in Arkansas. They met in Chicago, actually Gary, Indiana. They met in Gary, Indiana. They moved to Chicago when I was three. Um, my dad got a job at the steel mill as a steel bender. Okay. Because back then there was no machines in the 40s that built, bent that steel. So he had burn marks, pop marks all over his arms, wow. you know, but that's where he started. But he worked his way from a steel bender to running one of the biggest cranes in the world. And he actually helped build the Sears Tower in Chicago. Wow. That's a yeah. real story too. Yeah. And then my mom was a, a seamstress. If she had been born at another time, she would have been a fashion designer because she just loved clothes. You know, and I have somebody pick her up at the airport. They say, well, how am I going to know who she is? And I would go, she's the best dressed woman getting off the plane. Because back then you could go to the gate. And sure enough, she would get off like she just walked off of a fashion runway somewhere. And they're like, oh, my God. And she made it all. But when she was working, she was making her first job was sewing the soles on boots for World War II. Oh. That's how she got her job. And she made drapes and curtains and all of that kind of stuff. But one funny thing about my mom, 
she hated cotton so much from being a sharecropper that I would get in trouble if I bought aspirin and didn't take the cotton out of the bottle before she got to it. Oh, <laughs> well, you got to think of what she went through as a sharecropper, yeah. you know? Yeah. That, that was a hard life. And I'm sure, yeah. I mean, did she get to see you through the military and go off? I mean, when did, when did they pass? I mean, you said mom they- passed in 07 and dad passed in 10. So it's been a minute, but they lived you know, a life. They lived a long life. They were both, he was younger than her. So um, she died at 87 and dad died at 86. I think it was 86. So yeah, they, got they lived a long life. You. They got to meet you. Yeah. They, they always thought I was crazy. You know, my dad, it was so funny because we did a major event um, over at the Fitzgerald, which is now the D here in Las Vegas back in 2004. We had the mayor there and all these celebrities, Smokey Robinson was in and I sent a limo for my dad. I'm like, do you want to go? And he, yeah, I sent a limo and he didn't want to open the door because he didn't know what this man in the suit was coming for. And I, <laughs> dad opened the door, you know, and we bring it down. And he would always say, oh, we stepping in high cotton now, huh? And it just, <laughs> he loved it. But it was, that was an entirely different world for him. You know, he, he didn't understand why I wanted to do this, but I've wanted to, you know, be an entrepreneur all my life. It's just you made sense to, to me. You always were. Yeah, I guess so. You know, my dad would sent me out of the house one day because he told me, you know, study, graduate from high school. Cause it was never a dream to go to college for him, you know, just get out of high school for him. And he said, then get a good job with a union. And I'm like, dad, by the time I graduate, unions won't be the same. And I'm not going to work for a union. What are you kidding me? I'm going to own my own business. And he unions put food on the table. Get out. <laughs> he was huge about that. And, but he, towards the end of his life, he started to get it. And he would tell me that I get it now. Yeah. I well, get it. Well, yeah, you were I thinking completely different from the way they were, they were living. I mean, entrepreneur is, there's nothing steady about being an entrepreneur unless you no. are working it. Yeah. There's you nothing know? steady. Yeah. There's so, nothing steady. So it's really freaky for someone who, who's used to something coming in regularly to say, and I'm going to go that way and I might make money that way. I may not. And I might starve <laughs> for a couple of months, but I'll do it. You're like, what? How could you do that? And I can see that you are an entrepreneur before you realized an entrepreneur was an entrepreneur. Yeah. And that's really what a lot of my, my doctorate is about studying of people who've succeeded without quote unquote, uh, an education to back it because you learned it by doing it, saying that didn't work. Okay. I'm gonna do it this way. Oh, what that worked. Okay. I'm going to do that one again. I'm not going to do that. It's the hard knocks. It's figuring out by falling on our faces and getting back up. That is like the amazing way to learn it. It's the way that hurts, but we also, when we fall, we don't do, Oh no, what am I going to do? Oh my gosh. We do. Okay. What's next? Exactly. Exactly. I totally agree. That's the mindset you know, of an entrepreneur. I remember I was, I, I think I was seven and somebody was complaining in Chicago. I'm pretty sure they did it other places. They would have rent parties. You know, if you couldn't pay your rent, they'd have rent parties and you come and you pay a dollar or you pay 50 cents or whatever. So you could help the family so they didn't lose their apartment or their house and get their rent. And I remember being seven and thinking, 
well, I'm, I can't go to the rent party. So I got a couple of my friends and we literally just, I knocked on the five doors. I was allowed to go, go in touch and they went everywhere else. So by the time the rent party happened, we had already helped them get their rent. It was already <laughs> done. You know, it was like, why do we have to wait till Saturday night? It's like, let's just go. Uh -huh. so, yeah. And, and that's why I said, uh, I'm trying to keep up with you because that's how you work. But I work the same way. It's like, that needs to be done. Okay. Not, not next month, not in a couple of weeks, not let's plan it. It's let's do it. Okay. What, yeah. what do, we have to do now? Let's do it. But you know, I always told myself I never wanted to do if I would have, could have, should have. I, I heard my aunts and my mom sitting at the table once and they were talking about all the things they would have done if they knew they could have done if they knew. And I said, I never want to do if I would have, could have, should have. It's yeah. like, if I can think it, I can do it. Let's go. Yeah. I don't like shooting on myself. <laughs> we got to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stop shooting. That's not good. Thing. And uh, what was I going to say? Now you have millionaire opportunity strategist. You know, I have helped one of my goals in life is to help a hundred people become a millionaire. That is something I thought of back when I was in elementary school, I had heard it on a show. I can't even remember where. But I said, you know, that would be so cool. Well, in the late 80s, I helped the first person. And now I'm at about 10. So I want to help 100 people become a millionaire. But what I've managed to do throughout all of that, all the way back to being 17, is I've got this gift of seeing opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got this gift of being able to show people where they're leaving money on the table. You know, you don't need to skip to the next thing there's things right here you haven't done. Or when they feel like, cause you know, if you get too close to it, I get too close to my business and I can't see it because I'm too close. You know, when you get too close then everything feels like you're panicking and I have a gift to be able to just say, look, have you looked here? Have you thought about that? Have you done this? Many, many years ago when I was 17, I was the number one female salesperson member or whatever of Shackley. And I got this opportunity to meet with the first millionaire I ever met. He was in the upper end of that organization. And he took me out to lunch and, you know, asked him questions, blah, blah, blah. And he said, okay, kid, you know, what's the big question that you want to know? And I said, what's the secret to success? And he said, oh, you're not ready for that. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to know. You know, he's like, oh, no, no, you're not ready for that. Think of something else. I'm like, no, I want to know. He says, people are not ready. And then he finally said, okay, Come here, sit next to me and I'll show you, you know? And then I thought, well, I'm from the South side of Chicago and this man wants me to come sit next to him in a booth. I'm about to punch his lights out. That's what went through my head. <laughs> I sat next to him and he said, you really want to know? And I said, yes, sir. And he grabbed the salt shaker and he put it in front of me. And I said, the secret to success is salt. And he was like, no, the secret to success is right in front of you. But most people think it's out there somewhere. And they never look in their own backyard. They never look right in front of them. And I'm like, that's amazing. He said, so when you're wondering whether this is an opportunity or not, ask yourself where you draw the line. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? He said, N-O-W-H-E-R-E. -E. Where do you draw the line? See, if you think opportunity is nowhere, then you draw the line after the O, you're done. Opportunity is nowhere. If you think opportunities now here, draw the line after the W. 
Mm-hmm. And now opportunities are now here. He was like, I can tell you all kinds of things, but if you don't believe it in here, you're not going anywhere. And every time I hit a wall, I hear him say that. And I'm 59 years old. So that means I've heard it in my head now for 42 years. <laughs> That's some good advice, though. It's every- awesome advice. You know, it's awesome advice. And I tell people that all the time. You know, are you telling yourself you can't? If you are telling yourself you can't, you can't. That's the way it is. Stop that. Start telling yourself you can't. As I told you, my doctorate is, you already know what you need to know. Just get out of your own way and make it happen. Right? See, only you would get a doctorate that says that. (laughs) (laughs) That I already know. After you went to school, you're like, I I already do that. (laughs) I think it's awesome. Everything I looked at, I'm like, I already did that. I already know that part. I learned that the hard way. And what I realized is we are all as unique as our fingerprints. No textbook yeah. can teach us anything. And even when we have the textbook, we all, from our own perception, pick up different things from that exact same passage you read in the textbook. So there's really nothing we're learning. It's what we're unlearning and what we're learning, what we don't want to do. But other than that, it's hit and miss. It's get up and try. Do it. Work it. No, it I happen. believe that too. Yeah. You know, I'm a computer programmer. I've been a computer programmer since high school. It actually saved me from the gangs and all the craziness in the South side. Good. And, you know, one of the, when I got out of the Navy, I had to go get certified as a programmer. And one of the instructors had the, I think it was 21 of us in the room. He gave us the answer and he said, go write the code to get that answer. And when we came back, some had code that was like this thick. Mm-hmm. One guy got it down to two pages And everybody else was somewhere in between. And he was like, computer programming is like a fingerprint. It's like you being unique. Everybody's going to do it a different way, but to get to the same results. And I'm like, that's amazing. And I remember that all the time when I watch a little kid. My mother used to say, you haven't been around the teacup long enough to find the handle. And it's because little kids grab the cup from the side, no matter how hot it is, instead of grabbing the handle. And to me, yeah, that's how people approach things. It's like, get strategic mm-hmm. and figure it out. Yeah. I, I was an engineer in a, a past life and the, they did the same thing. They gave us the solution and said, tell us all the steps towards it. And we had to work mm-hmm. it backwards. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Some of us came back with 25 pages. Some of us came back with 12, just 12, 12 formulas and we're done. And they're like, that's how we all think differently. It's the same answer. Yeah. It's just how yeah. we but, you know, in either way, the building's not going to fall because we made it right. <laughs> I didn't like that. I didn't like having buildings falling because I did my math wrong. But, you know, that's that's the power of the power of self-thinking. Now, I, yeah. I do know we need to go to commercial. And when we come back from commercial, I'd like to get more into what are you doing today? And what's this now thing you talk about? And, you know, the power of pink, those kind of things. And we'll talk about that right after commercial. So you don't leave me. And all of you, I'll be right share, here. share, 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 and let your friends know that Tigo is on the house. You need to come on. We'll see you in a little bit. Don't hate, don't, don't leave. We'll be right I'll be right here. here. Okay. <laughs>
Welcome back. Thank you for watching Mental Shift. Did you share this with a friend or somebody you care about, someone you love? Because we are discussing, well, now. Wow. It's nine at nine. Now, did you know that TNC is a live stream platform of online shows for people on the go? So look at all those shows we have available. Find one that looks and connects with you and go watch it because we made these shows for you. Now, imagine having your own show, your own playlist, your own content, but we make it easier for you. TNC aims to transform the lives of our viewers through engaging authentic and original content. Our vision is to become a global 24-7 live stream channel that showcases Filipino talent, global influencers, cultural intelligence, and ingenuity. Continue to watch Mental Shift every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time or Wednesday morning at 10.30 in the Philippines. You can also watch replays on Facebook or YouTube. Please follow us on Instagram and listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You just have to search hashtag TNC now. For sponsorships, email now at thenewchannel.com or send a direct message to the new channel. So enjoy these life-changing shows because we made them for you. And welcome back. I'm Dr. Michelle Moross and you are watching Mental Shift. And my guest tonight is Tigo. And I, I keep giggling because that award, now award, is from now, right? Yeah, yeah. Network of Outstanding Women. <laughs> I have to go to the gym just so I can carry this thing. This thing is heavy. It's eight and a half pounds, 12 inches. We, we could have went a little bigger, a little heavier. It's lovely, but I was awarded this from now, Network of Outstanding Women, for the Survivor Award, and I was the very first one, so it's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, it was, I was, I'm still blown away about how you know, much fun and, and how welcomed the first live now was, because we started this in 2021, but it was virtual. And we did six awards. Um, Peggy McCall was our woman of the year. And, you know, there really wasn't anything to show for us to call out and honor someone like yourself or invite people to be guests because they had never seen it before. They're going, well, what is it? And I was just, I mean, blessed, honored, you know, whatever you want to say, lucky that you guys just believed in me and okay. said, I'm coming. I'll accept Yes. And I'm like, yes. And now it's starting to just grow on its own. You know, people are asking when's the next one. And according to the flyer right there, the next one is October 20th to the 22nd, right here in Las Vegas. We're doing it all over again. And we're going to do it in October every year. Um, in the first year, we honored six women. Last year, we honored 15, including the good doctor here is our first survivor. Thank you, Doc. Thank you. And now we're going to honor 20 women coming up in October of, of this year, of 2023. It's going to be a blast, man. You it's know, we do the Power of Pink weekend. Summit. Yeah, come on, let's go. You know, let's go. Network of Outstanding Women was a brainchild of my mother's. Really? She didn't name it that. But she told me years ago, you've got to do something with everything that you're doing. you got to do something for women. And I'm like, okay, mom. Okay, mom. And then we finally decided what that was going to be. And then COVID hit, like everybody else. But we decided we would start it virtually. And that was awesome. And then we did our first live last year. And because we were originally in May and we moved to October, um, breast cancer has been a humongous factor 
around us. I'd say um, October is Breast Cancer Month. Yeah, yeah. My business partner and best friend in the world, Melissa Estrada, is the reason why we changed our name. She passed from breast cancer in, in January of 2019 after her second battle. And her middle name is Rose. So Melissa Rose. So we changed our company name to Melrose. And 1111 is something she and I saw for 20 something years, almost every day somewhere. So we named ourselves Melrose 11 because the, you know, half of the 11 is gone now. So that's how it started. So we honor her by doing the power of pink and we will always do that in October. And that's all about speakers from all over the, literally came from Canada and all over the world coming into Vegas. It's a live event. We don't do it as a virtual or um, a hybrid. It's live in Las Vegas. And just for 15 minutes, speaking, sharing a bit of their journey and just connected. We had over 20 women speak in two days. And we only had the summit for about six hours each day. I and can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And then on, then now we're expanding the three days because everybody asked for another day that we're here. They're like, two days is too short. So we're expanding the three days. And on the night of the second day, October 21st, will be the, 23, uh, the 2023 Now Honors um, for this year. And it's a gala and we got a fashion show coming. And yeah, it's live entertainment. Oh, yeah. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, so I can't wait. <laughs> well, and I, I'm excited because one, I'm I'm a part of it and I'm a breast cancer thriver at the moment. And I, I missed that live event because I was in Europe at the time. But you're like, uh, uh you're in. You're still here and you'll make it next time. I'm like, OK, I will. I promise. But I can't wait to be there live and be in that energy because the pictures I saw were just phenomenal. And if someone wants to go to that event, how do they find it? Literally go to now honors with an S N O W H O N O R S.com. All the information's there for this year. You can see video clips and pictures and it's right there on the screen um, from last year. And it's just a blast. And, you know, I took a page from another organization's event that I love so much and I didn't give out name tags. Nobody's walking around with hello, my name is. We didn't do that. And we didn't have a VIP section. It was about connecting. So we were in a theater, a deluxe, beautiful theater, movie theater with a 45 inch wide, 35 foot high, 45 feet, 35 feet high screen behind us. And it had recliners, but there were only 48 recliners in that room. So if you wanted a recliner, you had to get there early. <laughs> because I didn't care who you were. We we're all here today together to help each other and have each other's back. And that became our slogan. You know, everybody was talking about, oh yeah, the power of pink, we got each other's back. And it just stuck. We actually have t-shirts that we're making right now that says, we've got your back. And it's just so much fun. I love yeah, it. I can't wait for you to be in the house. That's going to be so much fun. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm excited already. I'm like, got to block off my birthday. Oh, we'll get you a cake. <laughs> or you know a cupcake or something you know you know me i'll come up with something don't mess with me we'll, we'll have my, a great thing my, for your birthday it's my 55th oh you're a baby i'm a baby <laughs> you're a baby i'm gonna be 60 this year and you're a baby uh, yeah. oh my gosh oh my gosh than me <laughs> hey i did a lot in those five years i want to tell you 
I'm so excited to be 55 being, I didn't think I was going to hit 50. So, I mean, I'm pretty excited about 55. So I celebrate big. So I'm excited to be in Vegas with a whole bunch of people that will, I'll relate to. Now my poor husband's going to have to suffer through that because he's pretty quiet. <laughs> He'll survive. <laughs> I can't so, wait to see you present to the second survivor of the year. That's going to be Awesome. That's one thing that we're trying to do is the honoree from the year before is yeah. presenting to the next passing the torch, yes. you know, because that's kind of an infinity flame. So we're, we're passing the torch. So I can't wait to see that. And, you know, we have another event coming up. If you don't mind me mentioning it, international yeah. women's day is coming up. And this is the third time that I've done international women's day. International women's day is always on March 8th. Um, and the first time I did it, you know, in the middle of COVID in 2021, I was like, I wonder if I could interview 20 women live all day long. Let's see if I can do it. And we did it last year, 2022, we had 29 women come through all day long. And then this year we're doing it again. And you have already agreed that you're going to be on, but it's like a mini teaser for the now honors, you know? You Wait, get to get a live in person or live on screen. Live virtually, it is completely virtual. You can come to the studio if you want. And okay, I'll, I'll and hang out with me for an excuse to go to to Vegas. Come on, come on. You can come to the studio and hang out with me. That's you're more than welcome to do it. But it's live virtually, and and some of the women that all of the women that have been on before the stories that they share in that 15 minutes. Oh my goodness! And last year we had technical difficulties, so. We're trying to stay alive and get people the right link. It was it was hilarious and so much fun. But that's kind of our introduction. And then in May, Mother's Day month, the first and you're in it, the Power of Now Volume One documentary will air. And it's all about the honorees from the previous year. That's something we're going to continue every year. That'll be aired on television and also streamed on a couple of platforms, including JD3 TV, Tigo TV, you know, it's going to be really, really cool. And and thank you. You just did your documentary interview a few days ago. Yes, I did. Now, do we have a poster for that for the, um, did we have a poster for that? For International Women's Day? Yes. Yeah, for the power of, of the power of now? No, we haven't. Um, the director hasn't giving okay. us the theme of color yet, but she will. That one. That's what I that knew. One. We had it. Save the yeah. day. So save the day, March 8th, International Women's Day. and 15-minute interviews all day long, women from all walks of life. Last year, we went from someone who had a business that she started in her garage during COVID to the pink billionaire. <laughs> and they just shared and had a blast. And by the end of the day, I don't have a voice, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. It's an amazing thing. And then we re-air the interviews throughout the year. So if people missed it, we chop them up into individual interviews and re-air them on the nine at nine, which is one thing that you wanted to talk about. Yes, I do want to go to nine <laughs> at nine. I need to introduce you to the Pink Hulk. Have you met her yet? No. She has a Who's the Pink show. Hulk? She has a woman, one, one woman show in New York. I'll connect you to the Pink Hulk. We got to get the Pink Hulk to the power of the pink and the now honors. Uh-huh. Exactly. I will connect you. She's awesome. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. excited. I know. It's so exciting. I'm excited. But she does a one woman show where she talks about her journey and the things that we go through as breast cancer, uh, through the breast cancer journey. And she's a Hulk. I mean, it's, it's cool. 
Uh, anyway. Oh yeah, I want to meet her. I, I want to interview her. I want to be a part of it. Oh, I'll, I'll connect you I, right after we get off the off this live. I'll connect you because one, she's cool, but two, she's right up your alley. I mean, know how we talk, kind of. Let's yeah. Do this. Yeah. It's the same way. Just let's do this. You'll love it. Awesome. Uh, nine at nine. Now yeah. you do a nine at nine, and that is no joke. Nine minute interviews at nine, and boom, 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 boom. Three questions over. Well, how many questions do you ask me? I just remember they were fast. Probably like seven. <laughs> we get them in, we get them out. It's pretty quick. It's pretty quick. But what people don't realize, okay, you want the history to get you to nine at nine, or you want me to explain the nine at nine part of it right now? Uh, both. Do it all. Okay. So let me give you the nine at nine part of it. We come from traditional television production. Um, and on traditional television, on a talk show, if you were on Oprah or Ellen or whatever, interviews are three minutes to seven minutes, period. That's what it is, you know, unless she's dedicating a show to you or something. That's pretty much what it is. And what happened when I started my show, um, when you get into a podcast kind of a thing, people get lost sometimes and they'll sit there and they'll go, well, I think it was 1970. <laughs> And come you're on, going, come on. come on, come on, you know? But then I was like, you know what? Let's do it like traditional television. And let's do a nine minute interview. Cause my show is called Expert Talk with Tigo. Yeah. We talk to experts and trailblazers all over the world. Now it's called ET nine at nine, Expert Talk nine at nine, because we're talking to experts all over the world, but they know they have nine minutes. And my business partner, my brother, you know, and my producer, Alan, it is a sport for him. Okay. This man is a sport nut. So for him, he throws up the two minute warning. He throws up the one minute warning. And no matter what we're talking about, could be the winning lottery ticket numbers. He's cutting us off at nine minutes. Boom, credits roll. And what happens is people forget about the ums, the odds, the, I believe it was 1970. And they just go because they know they have nine minutes. Uh, you must so have loved me because I love fast answers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. I love doing it. And what always happens is they'll contact me, you know, after they've been on the first time, they'll contact me and they'll say, I got more in that nine minutes than I get in a half hour show usually. Yeah. Because you're flying. And then what we do is we have VIP experts, which I really want you to do. We invite them back and they record three of these nine at nines. And each one is just on one topic. Mm -hmm. So we dig deep on one topic and then we air it for the next three months, one a month. And there are VIP experts. But yeah, it is so much fun. It is so much fun. And I love it. We're on every day, Monday through Friday, doing the nine at nine and you know, and I'm seeing, I saw something really freaky like a couple of months ago. Other countries have taken it and dubbed my voice into other languages. Oh. And I'm, I'm like, uh, I think that's me. But <laughs> it's, like, the numbers are insane. But so they can find you at podnation.tv or they can find it at podnation.tv or they can go to experttalk.fm um, or just go to my website, tigo.fm. Every time we're live, it airs. Yeah, Tigo, that's my email, and Tigo.fm is my website. Um, every time it airs at nine o'clock, the system automatically streams the live. And then the archive is right there. You've got almost 400 episodes now. Um, so it's amazing. But for me, I never wanted to be on television. 
That wasn't it. For five years, I, I got into production by accident. We created a digital magazine, an interactive digital magazine. You know, it was called Black Insight Magazine, the world's first all digital interactive magazine for African-Americans in 2004. We went to 1.8 million subscribers in less than two years, you know, all on word of mouth. Because back when I was a kid, when black people were on TV, my mother would call everybody, girl, turn on channel two, black people on TV. And that's what happened with Black Insight Magazine. They started sharing it and they would call me because it was before YouTube and all of that. And they say, if I watch this video inside this digital magazine, will my computer explode? No, that's not happening. And then I met this woman, Anna Maria Davis, um, at a cocktail party for Christmas. And she said, you're a producer. I said, no, I'm a tech geek that has a magazine with television inside it. And she said, no, you're a producer. And for almost a year after that, she took me back and forth to L.A. and put me on sets and introduced me to people and taught me Hollywood. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I have the bug. And we started producing. We've produced several talk shows. Now we're doing documentaries. We're doing featured films. Um, It's just it's fun. But I never wanted to be a host. I never wanted to be out front. Super comfortable in my holy T-shirt with my hat on backwards sitting behind the camera. That's me. But for years, people kept saying, you need to host. You keep teaching other people how to host, but you need to host. And I finally said yes in December of 2019. The television show got picked up on the Family Channel and Cox. Um, We were in 37 markets across the country. We did four episodes and then COVID hit. And I reached out to the network and said, hey, this COVID thing. So what do we do? And they said, you got two choices. Figure out how to get us new content or we're just going to re-air those same four episodes until COVID's over. I'm like, hmm. So we closed down our studio. We moved everything into this room I am in now. And I became the producer, the director, the host, the water girl. And it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because I've been talking to people all over the world for three years now. And we're at 400 episodes and we're not stopping. So maybe maybe stopping. we met because you're supposed to help me. I want I'd love to help back, you. I want to bring back the variety show. I want to be, I want to bring it back. Like the Carol Burnett show, that kind of thing. I want that. That's what I want. Let's go. I got you. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. I think it's amazing. And now the opportunities are huge. I mean, like you're on the new, the new channel, you know, it's like, there's so many platforms out there, you know, like JD three TV, you know, there's so much out there that you can distribute your content to, and you're not worried about just the big three, like it was in the sixties and the seventies. You know, when television went off and the flag would go by and the Star Spangled Banner would play and that was it for the night. Those days are gone. Now you can be international. We were one of the few talk shows, I think it was 35, in Amazon Prime history to be on Amazon Prime. My first two seasons, I was on Amazon Prime in Europe, throughout Europe and throughout the U.S. You know, we reached a million people a day on Amazon Prime. It was insane, you know. There's nothing to stop you. So let's get it done. Let's go. Yeah. Well, I'm on Zondra TV too very soon. So we'll see what happens. I, I, awesome. I'll we'll have to talk because yeah, yeah, maybe that's my my other answer with you is I, I want that next step and I have to figure out how to get there. And you're already doing it. You already know how. Well, I happen to live in the you know entertainment pretty much capital of the world. You know, <laughs> Vegas is building new stuff 
all the time, you know, and for the most part, they don't tell the locals. So people out of the country call me or send me a text message and go, when is this open? And I'm like, I didn't no. even know it was coming. They don't <laughs> talk to us. You know? And you're a hop from Colorado. You're like a $79 flight from Colorado. Um, you know, I used to live in Colorado. I lived in Denver in 1986. Oh, really? I literally was homeless in Denver. Oh. Um, and I, and I was an assistant manager at a sizzler, uh, but I lived in my car and I took showers at the truck stop. <laughs> you gotta do what we gotta do, huh? Gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> well, Tigo, we have about six minutes left and you okay. are so full of information and wisdom and fun. And you want to, wherever you want to go, where do you want to go? What do you want to leave our audience with? You know, I want to, I really want to talk about getting, you know, breaking through and getting past your own door. Back in the day, I used to be a sales manager, go figure, right? And, you know, one thing that I knew was, and I taught is that the hardest door is not getting to the client's door. You know, I sold vacuums for Electrolux door to door in in the late nineties. You know, I still hold the record West of the Rockies. Um, And I would teach other people how to do that. And see, you pull up in front of the door in that house, that trailer, whatever that is, and you never go knock on that door because you look and you go, oh, they got a car on blocks. They can't afford it. Perception. Yeah. Oh, it, it doesn't look like anybody's home. Oh, it's too hot for you to buy a vacuum. And that's what we do all the time. We talk ourselves out of it before we even get the opportunity for somebody to say no. You know, one of my biggest heroes, my superhero, Zig Ziglar, used to say um, when he sold insurance, he would he knew every fourth person door that he touched, he would usually get a sale. So when somebody would say no, he would say thank you for the $25. Because he see, he made a $100 commission every time he made a sale. So he looked at the no like steps to the yes, as opposed to rejection. So for me, yeah, let's talk about that. Get out of your own way. Don't sit there and go, well, you know, the doctor is doing this and doing that and Tigo's doing this and doing that. Oh, I can't do that. And I, we didn't come out of a box this way, you know, (laughs) and we had to learn it. You know, we had to, I literally, there's video out there on YouTube with the first time I shot on green screen. I had no idea because I wanted to do it by myself. I didn't want to hire a crew because I wanted to learn. And there is video out there where the guy reaches up and his hand comes out the ear of the guy sitting next to him because I had no idea what I'm doing. And the client refuses to take it down. They're like, uh-uh. It's real. For life. For life. But that's how you learn. You know, that's how you learn. I I did an interview all by myself, three cameras, one of the best um, artists in the city. Uh, Skydy Miles was the guest. Lillian McMorris, who's my mentor, and she was our Lillian is Las Vegas's Oprah, and she taught me this production thing and this how to be a host, um, what to wear, which I'm sure she's going to say there should be a necklace right there. I understand. I know I forgot, but <laughs> you too. But you know, I got them in the room. They did a whole interview. It was beautiful. The only problem is I didn't turn on the mics. Oh, there was no sound. 
there was, but that's how you learn. You know, I've been a millionaire twice. I've lost it twice. You know, I didn't care when I was younger. It's like, yeah, I can do it again. I'm almost 60. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> it's like I'm being much smarter this time around. But when you take a risk, you know, sometimes the rewards is humongous. And if it isn't humongous and you fall on your face, guess what? It wasn't a loss. It was a learn. It's a learn. It's a learn, you know, and that's the difference. And stop saying one day I'm gonna, because if the last three years haven't taught us, we don't know what's coming around the corner. You know, my mother used to say it'd be a cold day in hell before the strip would close because I'm in Las Vegas. Well, guess what, mom? If you were here, hell froze over because the script closed. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, there's nothing that is impossible anymore. In 2023, we got wars going on. You know, it seems like every time you turn on the television, somebody's shooting somebody or, you know, there's some kind of crazy fight going on or, you know, our economy is going like this. It's like you never know. So come on, go do what you need to do now. If there is an idea that comes into your head, it did not pop into your head on accident. It popped in because you're supposed to be the one who does it. Go exactly. do it. Exactly. And, I'm and looking, if you need I'm help, contact us. Yes, because we're both doers. <laughs> I look at Tiga, yeah. like she was doing, doing jobs at 10, at 10 years old, making more money than her parents at 12, and getting <laughs> checks overseas when she was stationed at Subic Bay, Philippines, okay? because In a shoebox. In a shoebox. <laughs> you do what you got to do until, until you don't realize, until you stop. I mean, you just go. And yeah. people are always waiting for the sign or some special moment or some special day. Stop waiting for the special moment and the special day. The day is now because tomorrow Break is through it. Honest. And yeah, go check out T-Ghost and find her. Hey, come out and celebrate with us in, in Vegas for the, the two other events. That, well, the uh, October 21st to 23rd now event, right? N-O-W. Right? Yeah. And October twenty second. Yep, the now on International Women's Day is all virtual, so it's March eighth, and yep. then May eighth is also in Las Vegas. That's what. In May, we don't have the date yet, but that's the airing of the Power of Now documentary, oh, and no. it will be, you know, in ten million households in May for Mother's Day to honor moms, sisters, aunts, yeah, women. All Mother's right, Day month. Well, Tigo. Thank you so much for joining me today. And for all of the audience who are watching, thank you so much. Please share the, the, the stream and you know, go back and look at some replays and pull those and share those too. What the heck? And we will see you next week to go. I will talk to you very soon. I'm going to connect you to the Pink Hulk. And for all of you out there listening, go be the best version of you. Stop waiting for some special magic pill or a magic day. The town is now. Go be unapologetically, amazingly you. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Thank you.